Welcome to The Edge of Act, the podcast where we explore the intersection of human stories and business success. I'm your host, Carolyn Crawford, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as we explore the minds of entrepreneurs, marketers, and visionaries who have mastered the art of alchemizing their personal journeys into their business success and learn how you can apply what they've learned to your own business. So whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply someone fascinated by the power of human stories... The Edge Effect is here to offer you insights, inspiration, and a fresh perspective on what it truly means to make your mark in the world. Get ready to be moved, motivated, and challenged as we embark on this incredible journey together. So let's begin. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this is The Edge Effect. Hello, everyone. I am with Devin Lee, a bespoke system strategist for growing businesses. Devin, welcome. I'm so excited to learn more about you and your business. Hi, thanks for having me on. I'm so excited because as I was just sharing with you, like systems are critical in a business. They're critical. And I think it's something that a lot of people know, but I think it's also something that they're like, well, this is a system. Like I've definitely had a bad rap with certain systems, quote unquote systems that were put in place that are like not really a system. Right. And so I, before we get into all of that, and I love that you use the terminology bespoke system strategist, because I think that's, that really sums up what you do very well. I actually wanted to start um, with your background and just kind of learning a little bit about you and then how you got into this. And then I have so many more questions for you. Totally. Oh my gosh. I never know where quite to start my yeah. <laughs> story, but I'll start with um, my first business. I was a professional organizer and that was a really fun business. I had it for a few years, um, but it was also a huge hustle. So I needed some uh, sustainable income on the side because the the income was not sustainable for my organizing business. Um, and I had done some version of virtual assisting on the side off and on like for the past 10 years at that point. Um, so I knew I could easily get VA clients. And so that was my start is um, I was like, okay, I'm officially a virtual assistant now. Let me get some clients. My second client was a business coach who very quickly was like, oh, you're not a VA. You are an online business manager, which I had never heard of. Um, and so that kind of opened a whole new world for me of, you know, how I could market myself and what I actually was doing for my clients. Um, so we had these two businesses going at the same time. Um, and then when COVID hit, I shut down the organizing business, pivoted all in one day, totally rebranded to a full-time wow. OBM. And then uh, long story short, I transitioned from OBM to a systems strategist. I've always been systems minded. Um, even it, you know, when I had my organizing business, very quickly, I had to put systems in place because... I was spending most of my day working in my client's home. I didn't have time to do a lot of stuff manually on the computer. And a lot of my clients had like ADHD or time management issues or a neurodivergence. So I had to make the systems really easy for me and I had to make the systems really easy for them too. Um, so that's kind of how I got from uh, there to here. That's awesome. And I also love that like one, it all comes down to, I hate, like, I hate to say it this way because it's so much more than that, but just or the organization of it all, right? And yeah. it really started as you doing that, like, physically in people's homes. And then now you do that in people's businesses and systems and things like that. 
can you describe what it means to be a system strategist and why systems are important for people? Yeah, gosh. I've never thought about like the definition of a system strategist, ironically, (laughs) but you know, like, you know, we have a system for everything, whether you do it intentionally or not. Like you have a system for getting dressed in the morning and picking out your outfit and grocery shopping and you have systems in your business. Um, You know, my, my favorite example is, you know, when you are working with a client from the moment that they find you on a website, contact you to work, to get on a sales call, then to contracts, invoice, onboarding, the kickoff call, like that's all a system. Mm-hmm. And you might have a, you know, you might be making up a new system every time, or maybe you have a system in place that is a little janky, or maybe you have a great system. Mm-hmm. Um, but each piece of your business that you can First of all, identify what you want the system to be. And then from there, you can delegate certain tasks, automate certain tasks. Um, But just making sure that the systems are in place is crucial to being able to grow as a business. And um, working with a system strategist like me is really helpful because you might be really great at creating new offers and being a visionary, but you might get stuck on like, well, how do I, you know, onboard speakers for each event I do? Like, there's a lot of things to think about. And maybe that's not your specialty, or maybe it is something you're really good at, but you don't have time for that. So having someone like me on your team can really be a game changer. I love that. And I also really like the example that you used of essentially the top of funnel to onboarding, because I do think that that is so, so incredibly important because to think about it, because especially like, as we know, like my background is in marketing. And so that's everything that we're thinking about. It's like, and it's not just about, okay, do you have a system to put content out there, get that landing page, whatever it is, it doesn't even matter. But ultimately what people forget when they are marketing is, do you have a system in place to catch those who you attract via your marketing? Yeah. Or even a continuation of that is mm-hmm. you should kind of be marketing to your client even after they said yes to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want them to come back and you want them to tell your friends. Like yeah. that's how a business is sustained. You can't just get a brand new client every month. Like you need to keep sure. your clients. So you should be marketing them with having a positive, good quality, supportive experience with them. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. So I'm, I love that you said it that way. And I also really love that you, you highlighted that, you know, we have systems that we don't even think of the rate. I wonder, I'm curious to know your thoughts. Like, do you think that the reason why it makes such a shift to map out these systems is because it potentially creates predictability or accountability, or is it for other reasons? Because like you said, we have it, we do it without even thinking about it. Our morning routine is one system, you know? And I'm, and, but like, sometimes we feel, at least I've definitely been caught in this is like, sometimes when the system is like three steps, I'm like, well, what's the point, but there is more to it. And like you said, there's so many pieces that like may or may not be your strengths and, and things like that. So curious. To yeah. know your you know, when you're kind of in that like scrappier phase of business, maybe you're a little newer, like you don't really need concrete systems in place. Like you can kind of, you know, when you're onboarding a few clients a month or you don't have any team members, like you can kind of just like 
wing it completely. But once you have a business that's growing, you have to have systems in place. And there's the obvious answers. Like I could say, it'll save you time because you're not doing all this admin work, or it'll save you money because you're not paying a VA to do all these tasks that they shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. But truly, like you need systems in place to maintain the ship as as it goes, right. uh, because you physically do not have the time after a while to do all of the things mm -hmm. or the brain space to reinvent the wheel every time you relaunch or, you know, have a new retreat or what, you know, whatever your business is. Um, like you just, you can't, you can't keep going that way. And I will say I have encountered businesses that, you know, they've been around for over a decade. They're profitable. They have a team and they don't have systems in place mm -hmm. and they are technically a profitable functioning company and their team is so stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> their team becomes resentful because that mm -hmm. team that, you know, when you're hired to work for someone else, whether it be full-time or a contractor or what have you, you're like, okay, I'm here to do this job. I'm here to bring my creative energy and my skills and my talent to plug in and do my work. But if they have to spend a bunch of that time tracking you down to find out what happens when, because you don't have a system in place or an SOP in place that tells them they're wasting your time, they're wasting their own time, they're getting frustrated, they're not going to be happy and you're not going to be happy. Mm -hmm. That's such a great great point because again like people get hired and they come on board and then they realize everything's a shit show i've definitely yes. been in that position and i and it's interesting from your standpoint too because um you do come in and you're like wait what's going on how is it how is why it's interesting that things have been smooth as smooth sailing quote unquote as best as you can so i'm curious to know how what's kind of your favorite part about it like is it the fixing is it the transformation is it all kind of the hidden pieces oh my gosh I think you know I really really love creative problem solving and like you know I have a very like structured organized mind so doing custom projects for every person I meet honestly is a little scary for me because it's so amorphous yeah um but truly, like each person is a new riddle to solve. Each business is a riddle to solve. So, you know, I always start off with like a kickoff call, discovery call, where we're we're doing the design and we're doing the dreaming of what this system or this process can look like. And that is so fun to get in the nitty gritty and solve these problems with the client one on one. But then I go away and I build it and I put together the tech. And then for me, it's kind of a fun, like, what can we make Airtable do? How can we find a unique solution? And, you know, there are sometimes like, you know, Airtable is a great example because it's so vast and it can do so much. Like sometimes I'm building an Airtable base that I've built a similar version of before and I'm making mm -hmm. tweaks to customize for that client. But often the client is like, hey, can we do X, Y, Z? And I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, I've never heard of that. No one on the internet has done anything quite like that. So now I have to like invent this new, you know, solution for to create the system for this client and like as brain melty as that is like it's kind of thrilling for me to be like a totally. bit of an inventor in that way yeah well I think it's also so important because there's so everyone's kind of like getting turnkey solutions is a sounds great in theory right they want they want it to be as easy as that it helps person who's providing it to charge it and know kind of build a predict predictable income and uh, understand how it operates but also too because I experienced this a lot with um 
with just marketers as well of like people offer, they have their strategy down. They can kind of pull it out of their hat with no problem whatsoever, but you don't know until it starts getting executed, what may happen and what may break down because there's natural ebbs and flows in every business and with the team and every team is different. So I think it's incredibly critical to, to account for that. Yeah. And marketing systems around marketing is a, a, a big beast, I think, as you know, because like <laughs> it's exhausting. It, it's exhausting. <laughs> like marketing takes so much emotional energy. If social media is part of your marketing plan, like it is for me, like the algorithms are changing constantly. Mm -hmm. Like uh it's tough. And so yeah. I, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that except to note like to to give uh to give credit where credit's due. You do some tough <laughs> <Yeah>. work. <laughs> it is no, it, but it's so true though, because it is so, it is really challenging. It's probably the hardest part of my job because I can come up with, and I've said this to so many people, it's like, you can have the best idea, but if you can't execute, it doesn't matter. And there have been times where I, we've come up with the best idea, thinking that we can execute it and then realizing, okay, something's not working. Why is it the needle not moving? And, and I think that kind of goes, I'm curious to actually know your thoughts about this just in general when being a service provider for businesses is I have seen companies and I've seen people it within companies you know really want to make really want the system to work really want this to happen and you give them what they need quote unquote and then the move the needle doesn't move yeah. what do you think happens when that takes place that's a good question. This is very <laughs> philosophical. <laughs> um, you know, I think there could be a few different reasons. I think that folks have the best intention in the world when you build them something that in theory works perfectly. Um, I think a lot of times it could be fear-based, mm -hmm. like they're not, they're, a, you know, I'm like, which, which, which example do I go with? <laughs> I, um, I do a lot of Dubsado setups. Mm -hmm. Um, I love Dubsado's automations and Dubsado has a lot like of tech involved. Like there's a learning curve for Dubsado. Mm -hmm. So once you learn, once you watch all the training, um, Dubsado can change your life. But I think a lot of people are afraid to learn something mm -hmm. new. It's mm -hmm. scary unknown and once they get over the hump you know that's what happens and especially when it comes to marketing like like i was saying there's a lot of emotional energy to like write an email or show up for a live mm -hmm. kind of scary and i think there's also this kind of ethereal like if you do this marketing plan you will get more clients and that's a lot of pressure mm. and i think that is very deep 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 in someone's subconscious of like am i even ready for my business to be successful you just hit so many freaking points that I'm like, wow, wow. Like everything hit nail on the head type of thing because, and it's things that we don't think about so often because even just going to the last point, right. Of we all want more clients. We all want more money. We all want all of these things. Hypothetically. But the, yes, but the reality <laughs> of it scares us because that means more work. That means more time. That means more money out a lot of the time. You know, there's all these things. And if we're not prepared from it, for it, we feel it like makes us feel overwhelmed. And we're like, ooh, like I would say 
And you mentioned this earlier, and I'm so excited to talk to you about how you produce your content and all the things, because I think it's what you do is amazing. And I think so many people (laughs) can learn from it. But I think what you were talking about, like just in the sake of in the the realm of marketing and getting that system in place, you are putting yourself out there and that is terrifying. And you don't even, and like having a marketing person helps, but at the end of the day, like depending on the dynamic, depending on what it is, it is going to be vulnerable because it's still you. And sometimes it's easier to hide behind someone. And that's why people outsource and things like that outside of the basics of I need someone else to do it because I don't have time, but it's still scary. And I think that is what I have seen when it like, if I'm giving someone, here's all your systems, here's what you do. You just need to sit down and write or create whatever, whatever it may be. And they just don't. And they use whatever yeah. excuse in the book to not. And I, I'm, I'm so guilty of that as well. <laughs> and so it's just, I, it's, it was, you, that's interesting that you say all that because you set, you just hit it so on point for what it, what's really, I think going on. Yeah. Being seen is so scary. And, you know, especially when it comes to systems, like a lot of systems are like, Hey, let's try this way of doing things, see how it feels, see how it goes. And if we don't like it, we can change it. And marketing, of course, systems within marketing are similar, but it's like, if you show up on Instagram live every day for a month and people start to expect that, and then you're like, Ooh, it doesn't feel good. And you change it. It can feel like, Oh, are people thinking I'm not reliable? Like people can Mm -hmm. see the changes a little bit easier. Of course, people don't notice as much as we think we do, but yeah, yeah. um, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's just, it's a lot more pressure. It is. It is. And that, that too is such a great point because it's like, there are people like you can, I think, we put a lot of pressure of being like, and I also ask this of clients too, being like, is this realistic for you to keep up with? Like, don't just start a blog because you're like, I should start a blog. But like, do you get excited? Like the first thing I ask, like I was having a conversation with a friend a few, like a little while ago and I, she was like, I kind of want to keep up with my newsletter. I kind of want to do this X, Y, Z. And I was like, well, what do you like doing? And like, cause that is number one question, because that's going to be easy for you to do because no matter what you like doing it, but if you're hating, if you hate writing a blog, like then why, why are you going to do it? But anyways, I want to get into your stuff and dive in because I, one, I think you've explained exactly what you do and why it's important. I think I, I can literally talk about that all day long, but I want, and like probably marketing systems in general, but I want to first talk more about your, like your own marketing. And because you built your brand as a personal brand, which is interesting because not a lot of people do. There are a good amount of people who are like, yeah, this is my brand or I'm a freelancer or whatever it is. And that's, and it's like very clear, like that is your brand, but you have really said, I am Devin Lee. This is who I am. This is my brand. And I just want to use a great freaking example of your brand and again you put out so much content that there's so much to talk about but I saw your post about when you were going to Japan yes and you were like literally posted everything you were like I'm going to Japan I will not be responding to your email when I get back between these (laughs) (laughs) and I was like that's the girl (laughs) that is who you need 
by the way, it's called email bankruptcy. It worked fantastic. <laughs> highly, highly recommend it. But yeah, that is my brand because it's like I'm having fun and I'm protecting that time. And you should too. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I love that. I love that. And I'm so I'm curious to know. So you post a lot about systems and you put yes. on TikTok, Instagram, and kind of all of those social media platforms. Can you share that process when you first started doing that and talk a little bit about how you chose what to talk about, how, what that evolution was like for you? Because it seems like you're very comfortable, at least now, in front of it. So, uh, I, and I think a lot of people are wary. <laughs> yes. Okay. This is perfect because I think my journey like really hits, I think, everything that you have said in our conversation. <laughs> Um, I think when I first started, you know, like most people, like I, I built my business off of referrals, like, and I, there was such a long time where I was like, I can just manifest a client anytime I need. And that was true for a while oh until it was speaking so many people's languages that I'm even including myself. I'm right. Like, <laughs> it was true. It was true when I was an OBM on retainer and I yeah. only needed a new client, like twice a year yeah. easy but then i started needing clients more than once a month um and so i was kind of looking for different options um and i knew networking was a strength of mine because i'm a super extrovert aggressively friendly so relationship building and community is a strength of mine but i knew i needed more um i started out by being like i hate social media i don't want to be on social media which to be honest like i don't love social i don't know yeah. anyone who loves social media um but i realized it was something that i needed to try yeah and i thought i'd just try it out so actually last year, a lot of last year was me showing up on Instagram and TikTok. So for a while, and I was like brand new to TikTok. I'm like, I'm just going to dive in and give it a try because Instagram is glitchy all the time. They're making weird changes. So I want to have my TikTok going. Um, and so what my, what was happening is I dove headfirst into TikTok. I was, there was a point in time where I was making four to six TikToks a day. Wow. I know it would, didn't work. Spoiler alert. It didn't work. <laughs> but I had a whole system. I had a whole Airtable base where every time I had an idea, I had a form. I still do this actually to, for content. If, if I'm taking a walk or I'm out with a friend, if an idea pops into my head, I have a form that's an, basically an app on my phone where I can write in the idea. And then when I go to film content, I can, you know, search what are my ideas. I can, you know, I have the three stages idea ready to post, posted. And so I would, you know, block off a whole day once a week where I'm just banging out TikToks and then the TikToks would be repurposed to Instagram. Um, and then sometimes it would trickle to like LinkedIn and Facebook, mm -hmm. but that's not really where I play. Um, and the thing was, is um, I was getting really good feedback because people were like so entranced by like the characters I was making up and the costumes <laughs> I would wear. And like, I was using the trending sounds. And you know what? The sad thing is it was so much fun. Good. Like I loved making little videos. And if I didn't have to work, I would probably just make silly videos all the time. <laughs> um, but two things happened. I was getting like all these views and all these comments, but they very, very rarely were converting into mm. money, which is really what I needed. I needed clients. Right. Um, and then more importantly, I completely burned out. Yeah. 
like that is so much high energy it to takes a up. lot oh my god recording like a 15 second video i'm like all right i'm done right. for the day <laughs> and especially because you know my brand is is kind of high energy sure. i'm an excited person and so all my tiktoks were like hey you how's it going like just you know it took yeah. everything out of me so um i tried that but i had other things i was dipping my toes in which included podcast guesting or any type of speaking and writing emails so now i only produce tiktoks and instagram reels when i feel inspired to do so which is two to four times a month right now and i still get just as many views and i still get lots of good feedback and i still am like nurturing my audience there and i'm writing two emails a week and i love writing emails and even though you know i don't get as much attention for my emails as i do on instagram um i love writing emails yeah. and i know that it's nurturing my audience as i build it 100%. there and same with you know speaking on podcasts or speaking in summits like it's something that i love to do and it helps me build connections so um that's kind of my journey and a little it. bit about the system i guess i don't know if i covered all no that. yeah no it did it did because also too what i love that you admitted was that at a certain point it didn't work and like you had it sounds like you had the system in place and it still yes. was like nah i'm not yes and yeah. that I think so many people can relate to. I myself can relate to because it's like at the end of the day, the system isn't always going to save you if the thing that you're doing is not what you want to be doing or meant to be doing or whatever it is. But the system is there to support you in those times when you are focused on that or when you are committed to that. And so I think that's an important distinction because you can set up whatever system, but if you're like, nah, I just am not going to do this. The system's just there sitting and <laughs> like being dormant. Exactly. And so I took that original system that, you know, is mostly centered around my Airtable base mm -hmm. and I tweaked it to say, okay, I'm actually going to prioritize email. And then from there, I'm repurposing that content. And I have a system for repurposing that content in a way that is totally sustainable, way more helpful. And, you know, maybe I'll change it again, but it's working for me now. And it just only took a few years to figure sure. it out. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I have two questions and I guess I'll start with how do you, what do you, can you explain to those listening, um, who, like, how did you create a system of repurposing? What does that mean when it comes to like, you're creating an email and you're just going to repurpose it. How does that actually translate into a system? And how did you decide to do that? Or why did you decide? To uh, okay, so I'll tell you my flow. And I'll say it took me a while of trying different things to figure out the system that worked for me. So mm -hmm. those listening, if you're inspired, please take the system for your own or, you know, or use inspiration. But also, you know, maybe maybe you're like for a while, my system was just like writing emails in one giant long Google Doc. Mm -hmm. uh, but my system now is like I said, I have a forum in my Airtable. Um, and those for those who don't know about Airtable, it's kind of like Google Sheets, but times a million. <laughs> it's a massive database. 
Um, and so anytime I have an idea, I put it in the form and I tag it, like what's the theme. And that way when it's the, you know, and I have regular times, like Tuesday is my marketing day. So on Tuesday is when I actually write my emails and I schedule them. And so when it's time for me to write more emails, I can say, okay, this month's theme is building systems for people who are onboarding a team. What are the dates that I need to schedule them for? And I can kind of use the calendar feature and the tagging feature in Airtable. And then I can schedule it to um, to my convert kit. From there, I have um, I don't know, I don't know what it's called. I have a, a software called Toby. GetToby.com. It's free, where you can save a grouping of tabs. And so I have a whole grouping of tabs mm. that's like my convert kit and my. Facebook meta suites, whatever that is. And um, I have a zap set up. So anything posted to my Facebook page automatically updates LinkedIn. Love a good zap. Uh, <laughs> right, exactly. So once I see, you know, the most of my emails are saved just for my email list because I'm really prioritizing that. But if I have an email that like is popping off, I'm like yeah. this content I'm going to share. So all I do is I go into... Um, the meta suite and I can either post it to Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn all at the same time, or maybe I post it there and then maybe I make a TikTok video that's repurposed as an Instagram. Mm -hmm. So that's like what an hour of my time. And now I've posted across all the platforms where I exist. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just try and get as much juice out of that as possible where I, you know, repost it to the stories and make a little, you know, try to write in the stories. Cause I, for me, at least stories is where people I think are, checking in more rather than the actual Instagram post. So it kind of just all trickles down from the email, essentially. For sure. I love how much life you squeeze out of one piece of effort, essentially. And I, and I've talked about this with clients before, like any, honestly, anyone I talk to marketing about, which is almost everyone. Um, but I think if you like, I call, I like to call it like a content driver. If you choose one, because I think if you look at, oh, I need to create content for Instagram, email, website, whatever it is, you're looking at creating 18 million pieces of content. But if you're like, no, some, the most, the biggest, the content driver is really what's going to, what's the easiest, what are you committed to doing? What's, what are you always inspired to do and things like that? And for you, it was email. And then you were like, I'm going to, this deserves to be heard elsewhere, but I'm going to just break it apart and apply it to X, Y, and Z. And so I think the way, obviously the way that you set up those systems and thank you for sharing, like even the details of get Toby and all the things ah. and Airtable, you know, cause I think people always want to know like what systems are going to help, but are they, or to uh, technology tools and everything like that. But I think even just how you laid it out of being like, no, I decided to choose email. That is my, my term, at least content driver, right? I'm going to then commit to all these others, but it has to be very minimal effort on like additional effort, I should say on that point. So I think that is something that's really important. And honestly, I would say to like any time that you, someone has a challenge of like getting stuff out there, just choose one. And that's yes. repurpose. Like that's it. So yeah. like for me right now, it's my own LinkedIn. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I can like risk being their type of, I was like, I'm just like, whatever it is. And it's like, then I'm taking that, I'm put, turning that, expanding on that into a blog, which almost feels a little bit opposite, but my 
LinkedIn posts are very long. So <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. Okay. I, ha- they, I also wanted to talk to you about how, how did you decide to narrow down what you're posting? I know earlier you mentioned like you started to create these videos and you got into characters and th- sharing and sharing things like that. And actually, I think I remember seeing one of your posts you really sharing a character. And I think this one was actually not a video you did. It was a carousel on Instagram that I saw of you sharing a character and you were like, so-and-so like literally could not get out of her, could not take a day off or something like that. I couldn't remember. I yeah, remember it's that. probably a case study. That's a great tangible example of how you laid out someone's problem that is very relatable and then transformed their them into a system for that. Yeah. You know, and I'll, I'll say like, this is taking me so long to figure out how to do. And I've gotten lots of coaching and support around this. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing is again, because I'm so logical, the metaphor I came up with is, um, I was, this is convoluted, but I'll circle back to your question. I was going on a walk with my partner one day and we walked by this donut shop um, and he goes, you know, we always walk by this, but I would never go in because I never see the donuts that they make. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You look inside, you see all the materials, like you see all the dough and the fryer and they have all the stuff there to make donuts. I'm like, they probably make great donuts. And my boyfriend was like, no, like I don't see a delicious donut. I'm not going in there. Like, I don't know what the donut looks like. And it it's something like, you know, triggered in my brain. Like, oh, like one of the reasons that I, my messaging was kind of failing for a while is because I was talking about all the like things you can, you know, the tangible things you get when you work with me mm-hmm. and I wasn't showing people the donut. So storytelling, of course, is the best way to show people like this could be mm-hmm. you. But every time I'm writing whatever my content is, I always try and think about like, yeah, maybe they'll want to know the details, the specifics of like, you get a 90 minute call and weekly check-ins with me. Right, right, right. Like, they can go to my website and ask me about that or whatever it is. But what they really want to know is like, what, like, how are they going to be when this is done? Like, what are the long-term impacts? Like, what are they getting eventually? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of that around that. And then also like in general, I'm at all times trying to think of like, how can I just make this a little bit more fun? <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, you, yeah, that's, and that's, I would say that is where I think you just nailed it so amazingly because that example is perfect. Like you haven't actually seen the donut. And right. I think, and I, I, Definitely. I actually had a coach as well tell me, you know, you're fo- you're so focused on the what they're gonna get, what they're like, whatever, check in, whatever, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah. And he's and they're like, Yeah, like people care, like when it kind like, you know, at the end, but like that's not what's gonna sell them. They're not gonna make sure that they're getting all of that. Like they want the value ultimately. And that's the donut in this scenario. And I think that is such an important distinction because we get so caught up with it so easily. And then I also would say too, like you use, you use tangible examples. So use that anytime you can, but also too, I think, and you mentioned this of like, we, 
it took you a while. It took you a while to really understand what that looks like. And I think it's, it really comes down to why you're talking about the things that you talk about and like what can, and thinking about, okay, if you're having a random conversation, you're not even like quote unquote marketing or selling or whatever, what are you talking about? What can you literally talk about all day long? And I think that's what you get to it. But then on the other side too, cause I want to touch on this is like, the, like you said, making everything fun. Like that's the marketing tactics, if you will. That yeah. those are the little tricks that are maybe going to take whatever it is to the next little edge. And I think that is something that's important important to decipher or to uh, define between the two. It's your content and the value you're creating comes first, no matter what. The other side is where the game is. That is the marketing game. What tactics yes. are going to work and what's not, and it and you don't know the way it's going to match up until you do it. But like like you said, it's getting the trending music. It's using characters. It's capturing these attentions and it, and it, that differs for everyone, right? And their brand and their own brand. So I th- I wanted to put that out there because that's it's interesting how you went from that and you chose value first and then you were like, well, this just needs to be a little bit more exciting for my own <laughs> my, my own personal thing. And I'll also say, you know, when I had my organizing business and even the beginning stages of my OBM career, um, I was so afraid of having any kind of branding at all, really. Like my my colors were black, white and gray. Mm -hmm. And especially in the organizing world, a lot of the branding is like clean and simple and aesthetic. And I was so afraid to move in any direction. And then I realized like, oh my God, like I'm loud and a little quirky and I like rainbow unicorn themed, whatever, you know, glitter vomit. Um, (laughs) I I immediately, once I realized that and it clicked, I started using all kinds of colors in my branding. I didn't care if it looked stupid or bad because, you know, I'm not a designer, but I like having fun. So I'm going to make a photo collage. Um, and once I realized like, oh, that shows people my personality and draws them to me, because not only do I stick out, but they say, oh, I'm a little bit of a weirdo. She's yeah. a little bit of a weirdo. We could probably work together because, you know, like in everything, there are so many different system strategists that have the same skills as me or are more skilled than me or you know they use the same tools but you want to be able to also just vibe with the person you're working with like do our values match do our personalities Mm -hmm. go together and that's a huge piece too i love that because i think at the i think we can so easily get caught up in being like oh well Devin's doing this like let me try it but like that's not what i do you know what i mean and like that that may not be something that someone else does. And it's just like, that's why you're you. That is why you're the one who sticks out to the people that you stick out to. And, and I think it, and I think that's what works. Like it clearly works because it is very authentic. And I think authenticity is used so much now that it almost feels a little wash, but like, (laughs) it is also a very important reminder to like, the whole point of your business is is a platform for yourself for yourself like that is really it and I really believe that a lot of business owners get caught up with that because they're like well we need to do this or this is a tactic that worked or this is whatever and it's like yeah maybe 
but there's no guarantee if you copy and paste that it will work for you. So um, I love how you just, you were like, no, this is who I am. And like, I'm going for it and doing it, you know? And I think that's extremely important. So, and I love your personal brand and I'm curious to know, did you always want it to be Devin Lee? Like, did you know that you were like, no, this is my, this is my brand. This is what I want it to be. I, I am me and all of the things. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because, um, my first ever office job when I was like 21 years old, fresh out of college, I remember I went to, um, the C- it was a tiny, uh, digital agency and the CEO took me to, with him to a conference once and I forget what was happening, but I, I just remember this moment where he said to me, you should never make your business about you because then you can never sell it. And I was like, oh, that's like a huge piece of knowledge that I'll carry with me. Right. Which, but then, you know, now that I have my own business, I think, you know, I don't wanna sell my business. I don't want, you know, I'm not someone who dreams of having a huge agency. Like I really just wanna be me and I really wanna connect with my, Uh, my customers. And so I've thought about, you know, should I come up with a name, like a business name? But um, I think it's just, it's just about me and I just feel comfortable there. And so it was a really intentional choice to just stick with Devin Lee. I also really like my name. So that was easy. Yeah. Rolls off the tongue. Very easy. (laughs) I think so too. I love my name. Actually, Lee is not my last name. I have like a long German last name. So Devin Lee is my stage name anyways. I love it. I love it. And I love how intentional you were about that because, and also too, like who the hell care? Like that guy, he, he, look, depends on what your business is and what you really envision it for sure. Like for me, I chose my name intentionally so that it could go beyond me. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that it had meaning and, but I've also worked with people like you who are like, no, this is my name. I just want it. And like, they've tried to even, they started out with a different name and then through their own personal evolution, they were like, you know what? It just doesn't feel right. Like what feels right. is just my name. And there are personal brands that do wildly well for themselves that are, you know, really big, really out there and can be sold too. So it's like, it's really dependent on what you want. And also names change the amount of times I was at a company that changes their name, like literally every other year. So it's like, <laughs> I don't recommend no. that, but like, you know, they like people rebrand people think businesses rebrand and it's, it's okay that that happens. So I love that you were like, no, this is it. And I'm just infusing my entire personality into it. And I think that just is, makes it why you're so successful. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I think, I mean, to touch on something you just said, like, I think, a big piece of it is I have a deep fear of commitment. There, <laughs> you know, I'm 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 finishing up. You know, I was yeah. now I'm a I've I've been doing system strategist stuff for a while now, but yeah. I'm just now finishing up the official rebrand. And next week or the week after, I'm changing my Instagram handle, mm-hmm. and that is gonna mess my life up. And I'm like, right. I never want to do this again. It's devinlee.com all the way. Yeah, baby. you're like. This yeah. is exhausting. It's exactly. true. Rebrands are exhausting. They are. <laughs> like how many broken links are there on the internet? Like yeah. my Instagram. Oh my gosh. Endless. It's endless. endless. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. 
So where do you feel your business kind of, like you said, you're, you've wrapped up the OBM stuff. You're now bes- like officially bespoke system strategist for the Devon Lee brand as a whole. Where do you kind of envision or do you, are you where you are, have been wanting to be? Gosh, yeah, I feel like I am where I've been wanting to be. You know, I, um, the past year, I really focused on VIP days um, because I wanted to work when I wanted to work and I wanted to not work when I didn't want to work. And um, VIP days really gave me that. But then I realized I just wanted to do some more. I didn't want to be constrained in like one specific product. So now I'm working on doing bigger projects. So now it's really opened up my world to the type of clients I'm working with where I'm doing bigger projects I'm doing more unique projects. Um, So my projects can be bigger and longer. And so my hope is that I can do a bunch of big, beautiful system projects for a few months and then you know, go to Mexico city for a month or two, you know, it's all directly related to how much can I travel? Honestly, (laughs) for real, like, but that is, I mean, that's part of the reason why so many people start their own business. Yeah. Okay. There's other, there's other benefits to it, but I know a lot of people and I'm one of those people to be like, well, I just want to be wherever I want to be in that, whatever moment that is. (laughs) So for real, yeah. Yeah. So I I respect that. (laughs) Okay. I have a question about or kind of just more of your thoughts on new business owners. Mm. And I guess I'll start with what is the advice that you would give someone from as a business, if you're new in business, or maybe your business has been around for like a year or two, but it's like relatively shaky, like what is something that they should reflect on and or implement in their business? Like, is it a system? Is it... I don't know, anything, anything that kind of comes to mind for you there. Yeah. You know what I always say, if someone is kind of new to thinking about systems and they're like, mm-hmm. I don't even know where to start, like, you know, cause there are so many tools and texts and automations and blah, blah, blah. Like the first thing you should do is think about something you do on a regular basis. So maybe it's like the journey a client takes with you from start to finish, or maybe you have a launch that you do regularly. Anything that you do regularly, just open a Google Doc, start from the beginning, right? What's the very first thing I do? What's the very second thing I do? Think of all the details, write it out, and really just flesh it out for yourself so you can visually see it. Maybe you use like Miro or one of those flowchart tools, and then, you know, throw it in your project management system as a checklist. That Mm -hmm. is the most basic way to do a system without the bells and whistles. You don't need to be good at technology. You don't need a team. Just document it for yourself because you don't want to have to be thinking over and over again, like, oh, do I send the contract first, the invoice first? Like, how do I want to structure my business? Just start there. And then as your business grows and as you need to implement other fancier systems, you can. But I say just start thinking about, like, what do we have on repeat? And then that's all you really have to do. Yeah. That's such a great piece of advice because it really is just simplifying the things that matter and really focus, making sure that you're focused on that because we can so easily get caught up in all these complexities thinking that like, that's, what's going to help us. And I I'm guilty of it as well. And so I think that was such, that's such great advice, especially for new, for new people. Um, okay. The last question I want to ask is I wanted to ask it earlier and then forgot, but can you describe again, and not particularly your 
system, but I guess for people who are creating marketing systems, mm. can you explain what that kind of looks like for them? Ooh, like a generic marketing. Yeah, like I guess like um, I guess what are like certain pillars that should be a part of it that like well oh it doesn't matter how the system is actually laid out but like these are the core things that need to be considered or 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 um implemented or whatever that may be. Ooh, okay. I love this question. So things to always keep in mind. One is like, how are you catching the ideas? Maybe you're catching the ideas on a sticky note. Maybe you have a Google Doc. Maybe you have an Airtable base like me. Maybe you're emailing them to yourself. Just make sure you have a bank of ideas so that when you go sit down to like actually write out your content, that you have a, a place to pull them from. I think the other thing is putting it on your calendar. Like, what day are you writing the content? What day are you filming or scheduling the content? Like, when are you creating all of this? Because, I mean, at least for me, it's so easy to put off marketing because like it's hard to do. <laughs> and so I think having a system in place of like X, Y, Z. And then again, this goes back to just having a documented Google Doc. Like um, I once worked with a coach who um, we just had a Google Doc of, you know, on Tuesday, she puts out an Instagram post and then I, you know, I, this, I think I was her VA at the time. This was so long ago. And then, you know, I had a document that said, you know, the next step is share it to the stories. The next step is to write a summary. The next step is to share a link and every, and so it was like clockwork, you know, how we, the system we use for repurposing her content. Um, and we just had it documented and we did the same thing every week. And I think having, something like that in mind, even if it's not something you stick to, even if you decide you don't love it, mm -hmm. just start and then tweak it from there. Yeah. I think that's such great advice because it's like, we think it has to be so complicated and here's the system and here's all the things. And it's like, it doesn't, it really yeah. does not have to be that complicated. So, it um, okay. Well, Devin, this was so much fun and I could literally talk to you about this all day long, so, but I won't, I won't, I will let you go. Um, but thank you so, so much for coming by and sharing all of your thoughts and opinions. Where can, how can we support you? Where can people find you? What's next for you? <laughs> yeah. So the best place is my website, devinlee.com, D-E-V-I-N-L-E-E.com. This is usually where I then list all of my social media handles, but I'm changing them next week and I'm hoping that I can get a new handle. So I won't say those yet. So I would say go to sure. my website. <laughs> You know, my social links will be there and also my email list will be there. The email list is really like the best place. They're fun. They got gifts. They're useful. So Amazing. Um, go to my website, hop on my email list and I'll, I'll see you all around the internet. Perfect. Thank you so much, Devin. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was so fun. That's it for this week's episode of The Edge Effect. But the journey doesn't end here. We encourage you to take the lessons learned from our guests and apply them to your own entrepreneurial endeavors. As you navigate the ever-evolving world of branding and marketing, remember that it doesn't have to be overly complex. But communicating your brand effectively is an ongoing journey. It requires continuous refinement, a deep understanding of your audience, and an unwavering commitment to stay true to your story, the unique edge that sets you apart. Stay tuned for future episodes where we continue to unravel the challenges of branding and marketing through the incredible impact of human stories. Until next time, keep embracing the edge, embracing your story, and making a difference through your business. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this has been The Edge Effect.